No, go ahead, talk. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. No. Do it. No. Do it. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. The WordBros.com. Welcome to another fabulous edition of Word Bros. Yeah, yeah, buddy. My name is Bob. Hello and welcome. We are the Ringo Word Word Bros. You can't see it right now. I'm doing the Rob Van Dam thing. I'm just doing the Adam Cole one. Just one. one. Rob Van Dam. Yeah, so we are. Boom. We are the uh, uh, the guys who won an award somehow, some way, and we've got a very special guest this week. Gavin Gidry is on. He's promoting his Kickstarter thirty three, which sounds pretty great. He's, he's he, we mentioned raising Arizona, so like, how how could that be bad? How can you not go wrong when someone compares their book to raising Arizona and John Wick and John Wick? But listen for yourself. fun part is before we hit record everybody was talking i hit record and everybody stopped talking instantly you like did that. you did that that's why i stopped talking. i don't know what to I've do got, uh, what do i do I've got, now i've got two kids and then the third one will be here in about three weeks now gavin we're talking gavin your last name is gidry right gidry yeah gidry. Yep. now gavin gidry why are you having three children it doesn't make sense to me uh my second born had a sleepover Okay. <laughs> I, thought you were having an, I thought you were having like another child, actual getting another child. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. They're having yeah, a third, so they're having a third baby. My okay. son, my son uh finally went with his sister to one of her weekly sleepovers with the grandparents. Uh and we had the house ourselves. And and the next thing you know, we have a third baby on the way. There you go. That's so, how it happens. Yeah. Our our second, I hear I, I my second child was conceived on my wife's uh birthday. It was this uh, one will be uh, coming maybe four days before my wife's birthday. So it's crazy, man. The opposite. (laughs) Cause like we have two, right. Mm. And that's enough because there's me and my wife. So we can split them up evenly. Like a third one throws the balance all out of whack. Like then you don't know what to do. So two was great. (laughs) we We both, we both talked about that. Like we didn't really have a set plan on how many we wanted, but. I mean, I feel like with every one, like even we we put some distance between my oldest Harper and my son Peter, uh, because when we had her, we both I think got to the point where like I mean we're just like we're just enjoying it for what it is. Yes. So we didn't really feel the need to like let's add another one to the mix. Uh, we did have one. We did have a, a really really early miscarriage, so there was like about two and a half years, and then we were almost gonna have a second one. Okay. But then between my daughter and my son there's five years so they like have a decent distance yeah and now there's two and a half between this one and uh, between him and the new girl yeah you gotta Uh, yeah i don't know man you're you're a braver man than i am kevin has three as well but i mean your your three are like 14 12 and 10 yeah so so wow 
so usually when we when we split off like you're talking about i it's like it's almost like a wrestling match i have to wrestle the two boys and 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 yeah, she yeah, and yeah. she and she has to deal with the girl because um i will deal better with the boys and their nonsense and she will deal better with the girl and her nonsense so um and and i can handle the girl but like I, I tend to be harsh. Like I, I'm a, I'm a boy dad, but I'm one, like two of them are hers and one of them is mine. So we're a blended funny. family. So yeah. I'm, I'm used to dealing with boys. So like boys handle discipline, like, and, and this is just in general, like, I don't mean this to, to come off weird or anything. Um, but, but like when I talk to her a certain way, she takes it differently than the boys would take it. So it's like, if she gets her feelings hurt more easily. And I'm not trying or to hurt her especially feelings. Especially as a teenager, as a teenager. She's uh, a 10 year old. Right. She's, she's the 10 year old. So well, mine's, so like, mine's seven and she's basically 14. So, right. you know, like <laughs> a lot of that stuff starts so, so early. We're the opposite. Um, I mean, I guess it started off. I was a girl dad anyway, because it was the first one that we had. But now that my daughter's a little bit older, her and my wife kind of like they bonded. Bit, yeah. I'll, well, they, they bump heads a little bit more. Oh, bump heads. Um, okay. And then my son is a mama's boy, like times a hundred. So I can handle them both, and she can handle them both. But it it is easier for me to jump in, get my daughter squared away, especially because she's a little bit older. And then her and Peter will just go off and you know settle in for the night by themselves while yeah I work yeah but now that's over because now there's a oh, third one coming, uh, i'm so. aware uh, yeah and the the chemistry again now you have to dude, figure it out again you gotta refigure <laughs> out like everything because it so career-wise like we announced that i'm doing captain america and that's an option that's an opportunity that came along like eight months ago originally mm -hmm. and it was coming along the same time I had a creator owned pitch making the rounds um and the idea was that they'll probably have within a few months of each other uh Eric is pregnant so whatever and we'll 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 make do um uh, and then because of the way that the comic book industry works um we did like chapter one of Captain America and then there were little speed bumpy delays and so we haven't even started on chapter two yet my creator-owned book got picked up, I signed a contract, and my start date hit. So now I'm going to be doing two books at the exact same time instead of having like the space. one 70% done when I started. And the baby's coming in like three weeks. So it's going to be like, <laughs> you know. Uh, and on top of that, all the issues with like sometimes when you go from – so doing super indie stuff and getting used to being paid one way to being paid net 30 is going to be like – a hard transition to get used to yeah it but seems like one book to pay for the other it, this, it really is like spinning all these plates it's it's tough this is something that i don't know i don't, I don't think we've ever, ever talked about this i don't think it's podcast. ever really been addressed on the podcast no but let's do it do let's you it do you find it. working for indie creators like let's say kevin and i are hire you but i don't like even the word hire let's say we come up with, let's say we come up with an idea right. together because i mm -hmm. hate when i hate when writers use well i hire this is my team my, like my i think artist, that's yeah. i think that's bullshit because it's got to be everybody's going in the same direction so the book is going in the same direction so we're all on the same page but let's right say on. we all collaborated on a book right and yeah. like you finish some pages then you would say hey guys i need to get paid and then we go to paypal and pay you money is that easier than going to a publisher and saying like hey publisher i got paid okay turn in your 
your your voucher and then 60 right. days later you'll get paid like it seems it seems like the super indie way is almost easier for some the super extent. i'd say the super indie way is easier for the here and now um, but really, mm-hmm. once you get into that voucher system and you're consistently doing it, then realistically, you're working on pages for issue two while you're getting paid for issue one. And then by the time you get to work on issue three, you're already getting paid for issue two. So really, once you kind of get in that ecosystem, I think it's fine. Um, it's just I've only done it for cover so far. So it's always been like smaller money. That's mm-hmm. just kind of like a really nice extra you know, thing. Like I'm not worried about like two two checks for covers coming in because it's only a few hundred dollars versus like a 20 page book that's going to be like my month's income yeah yeah, yeah, um so with with the indie stuff my experience has mostly been half up front and half what i'm done and either doing that as like a whole issue or doing like in batches so like we'll do 10 pages say it's a 20 page story we'll do the 10 pages first here's the pay for the first five you do the 10 here's the pay for the second five and then and also the pay for the third five so you can get started on that second batch of 10 yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that way it ends up being a little bit smaller money so i think it helps the writers not have to be overburdened because i don't like i feel bad a lot of times being like you know hey man you know i know that i'm a little stressed out about it but I, you're not free from stress just because you happen to be the writer like i know that like you know i don't want to overburden people uh financially either yeah Um, but when we get but kevin and i have a very similar thought pattern like when we say okay what's your rate this is what it is all right cool let's get started when you tell us you're finished you're getting paid like it may be a day or two but you're getting paid like you Mm -hmm. will have you will have money in your uh in your paypal account within like two days and that's got to be pretty pretty nice right as opposed to some of the voucher stuff that could go on for and i've i've had a cover that i had to it it, the check must have like i don't know i never got a full story that editor now left that company Um, i don't blame the editor he was great um uh but yeah it was like 75 days before i finally got paid and yikes and it's when you you know you know it's like even though that's like a one check for a cover you're you're calculating uh because i mean we're essentially living at least where i am like our lifestyle up until the last few years has been mostly like just above paycheck to paycheck yeah yeah, Uh, yeah. because we have you know kids are expensive it's 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 we didn't we didn't like plan our life out in the easy way we just kind (laughs) of like we're doing it all at once it's great um and we're young i mean i'm only 33 so you know it's kind of like we're getting it all started like our lives getting started um so when you're thinking like, well, I know next month I got this, 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 and this check. Then all of a sudden that check's not there. And you're like, well, I'm a few hundred dollars short. So I got to figure out like some way. Um, and the really thing that like, as much as I don't have necessarily a super known name or, or uh, big titles that I've worked on, although I'm starting to do more, um, I've been very fortunate that whenever I need to reach into the well for like, let's get a little bit of a paying gig going. Yeah. The last few years, it's been there and i remember very vividly a few years ago when it's like someone please buy a commission you know yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, like yeah. read buy a comic please and so I, i'm i'm extraordinarily cognizant and aware of the fact that like i'm still like a little baby bird but you know i'm um the fact that i can do this for a living and not have a day job is outstanding and ridiculous on its own especially through this past year and a half where 
I've drawn a lot of stuff that no one's seen uh, because the pandemic made everything goofy. Yeah, no, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I've had work, so, you know. Can't, can't hide talent, baby. Can't hide talent. <laughs> and speaking of the work you've done, what tell us about the Kickstarter you're here to promote. So this was a book I did, uh, actually, that was one of the things I was working on last year. Um, it's with Juan Ponce, and um, mm-hmm. he reached out to me about picking up a book that Marco Finnegan had started the first issue and finished. Okay. Um, and then there was, you know, a thing of like, sometimes you'll do an issue and then maybe take a month off and come back doing indie stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Marco just ended up with a big commitment that came through that he couldn't finish uh, out the planned idea of doing four more. Uh, of the initial run and um and so Juan hit me up he had issue two ready and I was like yeah it's fine let's go um and we hit the ground running from there it was really fun it's been odd to kind of pick up where someone else left off especially because Marco and I I think are pretty different artists um you know he's got like a much looser uh, more kinetic style and I think sometimes I, you know my stuff is is really tight um but that first issue was so much fun and and the action scenes that he did and and they were all kind of playful. It hooked me right away. And I was like, okay, so this is a story about a middle-aged former assassin and the life that he left behind coming back and causing complications with his current life. Uh, he's dealing with like a divorce and his kids are older or getting older. And, you know, the weird questions that they then have now uh, and they're thrown all in the middle of it together, but it's also got like a little bit of that bizarreness that you would get from something like he described it recently in the Kickstarter as John Wick meets Raising Arizona. And that wasn't something that we discussed, but I, <laughs> I see it as soon as he said it. Um, and it's definitely got like, I mean, we, we've shared it online. At one point we punch a horse in the face. <laughs> that's, that's very blazing saddles of you. And right. Tony so and the Destroyer. Yeah. yeah, it's got it's got some weirdness to it. Um, and I mean, there's there's I've teased it. There's one uh, good chunk uh, that takes place in a hospital, so I put it in Sacred Heart, and there's Scrubs cameos like through almost two issues. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> because I was in the middle of a rewatch and listening to their podcast that uh, Zach and Donald were doing from the pandemic, and I was like, I'm just in the Scrub zone, so let's do Sacred Heart. You know, uh, I was like a huge fan of that show when it was airing and when I first went to college when it went to um Comedy Central and I remember going home to my house for uh vacation from school and bringing just like some DVDs in my laptop and they're not even being a TV in my old room so I'm just on a bed with an empty desk across from me and my laptop set up as my TV just burning through those DVDs that's awesome so it was kind of fun to get to do that but yeah, it's, it's a cool book. It's got everything, really. It's got heart. It's got, um, and that's one thing that I really appreciate about him. He's really good with like the hitting tones that as a, as a parent and a husband, you, you, you know, and a child, it, it covers so many grounds. Uh, but it's got a lot of heart. It's got some explosions. There are assassins, so there are fights. And, right. you know, we, we punch a horse. I mean... I'm in, I'm in on the horse punching because again, right. the only thing that I, re- I didn't, I haven't seen Conan the Destroyer in like a thousand years. Maybe I'll go back and revisit <laughs> that one. But I just remember Mongo and Blazing Saddles punching the horse. And that's always been one of my most favorite gags in the whole wide world. Like the idea of someone punching a horse to me is comedy gold. So I'm in. 
<laughs> like I'm, I'm sold. Lock stock right there. They said raising I, Arizona, so I'm, I'm yeah. good. Oh, dude, raising Arizona. Say, raising ahead. Arizona is a classic, classic motion picture. I remember watching Raising Arizona as like a little kid, as like mm -hmm. watching it on video all the time and not knowing who the Coen brothers were, but just finding this movie so amusing. And then later on, like growing with it, if that makes sense. And like and, getting and, the different layers of, yeah. it, you know? Well, and that's, <laughs> that's the thing about one of like their movies, especially if you found it at a young age, yeah. like, you know, if you're not having stuff explained to you, it's going to take you time to really understand because they're working on so many different levels. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, and especially because it's with that one in particular and, and a handful of the other ones, the level of farce is so present that as a kid, you don't have to get anything else and you're like dialed in. Yeah, because it's got so much goofy shit in it. Because there's sight gags. There's like funny yeah. things of him running through the grocery store with the the uh, the panty on his head. Boy, you got a panty on your head. Like all that shit is just so good. <laughs> the part where the biker guy is just driving and throws a hand grenade and blows up the bunny. Like it's it's so farcical ridiculous. and just over the top ridiculous. But then it's it's nuanced and there's layers. So I love that movie, man. Like I'm so happy yeah. that you brought up Raising Arizona. That's a that's a sleeper Coen Brothers movie. There's so many great ones but raising arizona was the first one that really got me into the well, coen brothers work like it's not a coen brothers movie but like one thing that i'm actually really excited about so i've never seen any macbeth even the more recent one that they did with uh fassbender who i love um and marion <laughs> cotillard who's mm, awesome um i never saw that one but now i think it's joel or maybe ethan has this on Apple Plus coming, it's it's a Macbeth that he's doing with Francis McDormand, of course, of course. Uh, and Denzel Washington. Really? And it's like oh, in wow. black and white, and it looks just a little bit of trailer, because, you know, those guys, one thing that I love about their movies is, uh, I mean, you know, they, they know what makes the camera look good. Yeah. And they can film things so well, and obviously they've had Roger Deakins film several movies of theirs, and he's, you know, a god. Um, but their stuff just has that vibe to it and that feel to it. And it's all filmed so interestingly that just the trailer of it and it's black and white Macbeth, it just looks fantastic. And it comes out, I think, mid-December. So I'm holding off on any other Macbeths until then. That's cool. I think that like it'd be kind of cool to get to watch his first. And I know things about the story, but I just, you know, that one in particular, I'm super excited about. And it seems to have come mostly out of damn near nowhere it's gonna be yeah. on apple plus oh that's which i'm already a subscriber to so i'm i'm 100 gonna watch it now why do you have apple plus i haven't i mean is it just ted lasso because everybody tells me ted lasso <laughs> oh, yeah. Ted Lasso, like, yeah i've heard that i, I mean that's what so... and i always get oh you like soccer because i'm a huge football fan like i love european football uh -huh. oh you you watch football you like ted lasso and it's like I, i've never seen it i don't have the technology but everybody swears by this apple plus stuff well, first, who's your team in the Premier League? I'm a Manchester City fan. Okay. Why? Who do you support? Uh, that's funny because Man Man City is actually in the show. As yeah. A, now he's yeah, yeah. sold. Now, now he's who, do you, who do you support, Gavin? <laughs> um, I I always like I don't know why, but when I was a teenager and I started getting into soccer, I latched on to Newcastle. Oh, um, you're fine. From a super young and like and and they're not like a good, but I also grew up a Saints fan who, when I was a kid, struggled. Yeah. And I'm a Pels fan, and it's been rough. Um. So you know, I'm kind of used to just like the team that has my heart has my heart, and 
you know, good, bad or whatever. Um, and I, I always like, I liked Chelsea, but now they're kind of like one of the power teams. That's really, they've gotten their act together. Um, yeah. you know, and they're up there now with your, 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 well, I, I wouldn't say the Hotspurs are technically up there. Hotspurs um, suck. They're, they're garbage. They're so, not up there to the consistent degree that like your man Chester United's are, and you know City's been good for a while now, and Liverpool always comes around, and Arsenal, and you know those are like the the, the big six, yeah, the big six yeah. they call them. But Newcastle's cool. I got no beef with Newcastle. I like yeah. the Magpies. A buddy of mine's a Magpie fan, and I just feel bad for them because they're just kind of terrible. So I, I think what might have helped was um, I went to uh, I went to art school in Memphis, um, okay. and one of my friends there, one of my best friends there, Shof, was Nigerian, um, and he they had a uh, Obafemi was was their striker, and he played for the Nigerian team, and I think it was we were just talking about foot about football, and I had already watched multiple teams, and I liked them. Um, and it was just like having a connection to being like, oh, this is a guy that like I can key in on. Yeah, no, that and, makes sense. Enjoy. Yeah. Um, and I love the I love the stripes. I don't know why. The, stripes, the stripes are cool. Are cool. The, stripes the are logo's cool. awesome. Yeah. I'm into Newcastle. That. So uh, <laughs> Apple TV Plus. So um, I am not. I wouldn't call myself an Apple fanboy by any stretch, but I'm very much in their ecosystem and have been for for since I went to art school in 2006 um so like ipad mac i have an old macbook pro you know all kinds of stuff um and when they introduced a new service it was cheap it was like four dollars so i was like well i'll give it a stab um and it was like a maybe a free month so i did that i had it for a little while and they had dropped a few things and they were good like i think for all mankind was really cool the first yeah. season i watched um and then and my wife liked the, the show dickinson and she um got really into the one with Octavia Spencer in it that I haven't watched. It's a true crime one. Um, but then we got new phones and they gave us another free year. <laughs> so we're like, well, I'm not going to get rid of it then. You know, and even when it comes back, I mean, you're talking about way less than anything else. So I was like, I'll just hold on to it, whatever. Um, the amount of stuff we watch and read or watch and listen to while I work is, you know, we binge like content as a comic book creator, especially as an artist, mm -hmm. like, I'm here for eight hours, so you know, and I don't have to worry about customers. So stuff's on constantly. Yeah. Um. Uh. And then being a big Bill Lawrence fan who created Scrubs. Yes. Um. All of a sudden, Ted Lasso got announced that it was about to like I think it had just it was either like a, just dropped or it was about to drop, and I was like, and it just piqued my interest, so it dropped. And it took me a couple of days to get to it. And then I finally got to it, but they had released all three episodes together for the first season. Okay. Um, and that first episode, I was kind of like, I like this. Um, I, you know, you got to kind of adjust to it because it's definitely its own little world. Um, and Sudeikis is doing like a character. Sudeikis is um, great. I love Jason Sudeikis. And he's one of those guys that like, I, I have no, I don't, I didn't love him, but I definitely didn't dislike him. I like him in stuff and I appreciate him in general, but it was like, now that I've gotten to know more about him and kind of like through that show in particular, you know, I like him a lot, but he was never, like, I was always like, I like Sudeikis, no problems. Brendan Hunt was something I had seen in stuff and liked, so I was, you know, super open to it. Um, and it was like, good, second episode, good. 
And then the third episode is just like, oh my gosh, it kicks everything into the next level. And then all of a sudden, like everything coalesces into a full piece. And you're like, oh, I'm, I'm in for this ride now. Okay. Um, and it rewards you over and over again. You know, there's a lot of like cool kid hot takes about how like, I don't know, it's really like the straight white man show, which fair. Um, <laughs> but also like, it's not just a show that's a little funny sometimes. It really is legitimately has a lot of warmth. Um, which is it's most known for probably it is really damn funny. I've heard it's got a lot of heart um, and it's very it's, kind. Like it's very yes, it's very 100%. kind and kind of empathetic and stuff. But it also pays off character development in a way that a lot of shows never do. Right. Um, not just with the main character or the main three characters. I mean, there are characters who are large supporting characters who have significant arcs through a season or two that lead to them having character development which you don't get because a lot of times you get that like um that you know they're in that weird stasis of uh, like you have to kind of uh, insinuate change but never really actually do it you know you need mm -hmm. characters to kind of more or less stay where they are um and this show is not afraid and i think it's probably because they're doing their british thing of like we have a beginning we know where we're going yeah. So, you know, we're not going to be worried about trying to get to 100 episodes. We're going to do whatever we're doing and we're going to get out. That's that um, is the one thing I love about British TV. Like, I love how they yeah. would call a season of Luther three episodes. It's like, that's not a season. That's just a movie. <laughs> like, you just broke up a movie in the, well, in the three pieces. And Luther's my weird, ass. too. And, and honestly, uh, they do this with Ted Lasso. They're not all the same the same length, either. Yeah, so like, that's weird, isn't it? You're watching Luther, and all of a sudden, there's an hour and 45 minutes, yeah. and then two-hour episodes. And you're like, what the f is going on? What? It's like, you can have a British TV show. This British TV show has been on the air for 15 years. They have 24 episodes. It's like, what yeah. the hell's going on here? And like, they'll take, like, five, five years off, yeah. and all of a sudden come back. And you're like, what? These crazy Brits. <laughs> right which is so awesome because like i guess I, I mean they're certainly capitalists but i don't know what what is that is it just that the hollywood system is built too much to be like you know making money off of a thing to ever let it like go away for a time and then let it come back because once it's gone you gotta stay hot gone. yeah you gotta right. stay hot you gotta stay relevant but like i love the idea remember back in the day when it was 26 episodes a season like you had to have 26 episodes 26 now yeah. you can do like 13 you can do some depth some shows do 10 yeah. but the brits man like they'll do four episode seasons that's a season boom done yeah but i mean in, in juxtaposition you have the like the netflix marvel shows where they had filler episodes so yeah. like you don't get that and i think that's good i think that's better for your storytelling you know the, you don't the need first filler. british the first british show i watched because i am i'm younger was was the british office but the first british show that i watched that was like my sh we can curse right yeah we're good yeah my shit was spaced um okay. and i from edgar wright um and i watched that again that freshman year in college when i'm off by myself and just like, I think, you know, 20 episodes for two seasons. So I am I watched them probably over the course of two days. And then I was just like walking around the like the rest of the day, like kind of stunned from like that whole experience of that world being such a unique thing. Um, so I, I, British shows, you know, it's fantastic because you can literally go in, get your story told, introduce the world and then just not be afraid to be like all right guys you got it enjoy it and it's gone yeah well we'll see you in three years 
<laughs> yeah. Now, it's funny that this is the second time you've mentioned this. Your college life didn't sound too exciting. You just watched a lot of TV because you mentioned Scrubs. Huh? You, you okay. watched all that during college. You just watched Space Hunter in college. You didn't binge drink. You just binge watched. It sounded like no, 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 no. <laughs> I, did, I did drink a bunch. I actually waited until I went to college to drink, but I drink like an old man. I don't want to go to bars and get drunk. Like, I'll just stay home and just that's, drink that's, a bunch and chill. That's dangerous behavior. That's when my wife, what before we were married, when she was living in Richmond, Virginia, uh, going to VCU, and I was in Norfolk, Virginia. That's when my girlfriend, now wife at the time, really started worrying about me when I was just drinking at home by myself. Because <laughs> before I'd go out and party, and then she's like, yeah, okay, that's what you do. But like when you're just sitting at home drinking- Well, it wouldn't like- be by myself per se. So so I went to, we had, we had a, in my dorm, I had three roommates. Okay. So we had mm-hmm. four four people in a dorm instead of just your normal like two. Okay. Um, and we were in a building with 12 rooms. So- you know, 12 individual dorms with four in each one. So there was a bunch of like cohabitational nonsense. Okay. Okay. Um, and it was cool. So we did party, but it was like at the dorm, even though we weren't supposed to, my favorite time was having someone uh, come check in on us and we strategically hid stuff behind other things. So it was like, the beer was like hidden behind a thing. And he just like walked through and was like, all right, seems like it's clear. And then like left and we were just like, all right, cool, we're good. Um, because this dumb dude from Florida had like, he just was insisting on like playing super loud music through these like giant speakers and like going outside and doing shit. And we were like, dude, chill. You're going to get chill. Um, but no, my version of drinking was always like, like I drank beer then too. And I, and I love beer, but like it was, you know, like having a couple of whiskeys and hanging out with friends and shooting the shit, playing music, um, you know, maybe playing games, uh, you know, watching movies and stuff like that. So, okay. And okay. It, but it also aids me now as an adult because like I don't get to get together with people very often. So it's like if I only drank when I saw friends, I'd probably really. And I mean, I guess I kind of am like that now because with my wife being pregnant, I haven't been drinking much. I just drink at conventions right now. <laughs> like Mulvey and I enjoying a couple of gin and tonics. Uh, at dinner in new york was like my most recent drinking experience wow are you doing any more cons this year or how do you feel about the con circuit right now Dan? um so i i went back pretty quickly and did some small ones um mm-hmm. but new york was my first time going period and they had a checkpoint for vaccinations off-site which was awesome um yeah wasn't then, that great yeah that was i wonderful. loved it yeah because i was totally expecting it to be in the lobby and it'd be a, a thing but it was really quick you got in you did the one time you got out it bottlenecked a little bit when you had to walk past it every day with all the other people who hadn't done it yet yeah, and you yeah, just started yeah. around them and just kept on rolling um and i loved that they doubled the space between all the aisles so yeah, they cut attendance good. like 70 percent, and then kept the same amount of tables and just spread them out twice as far so the, the uh, walkways were so wide that people felt a little more comfortable, I think. It wasn't like cattle drivey. Um, and then you had an exit around your table, which, you know, you guys know, you do some shows and you got to go like five tables before you can squeak out. Yes. Between. <laughs> yeah. Some of them are all butted together. And it's like, that's not great, people. You know, we need to be able to <laughs> pee. Um, so it was great. Um, I'm doing C2E2, um, oh, which is so a are we. show. We're doing C2E2. I'm, ex- I'm excited. I haven't been since 2018, I want to say. Okay. So I'm looking excited. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about going, excited to be going back. 
Um, and uh, it's another read show. And I did talk to Mike and I was like, hey, you know, are we kind of, can we expect kind of like the same thing? And he said, as far as he knows, yeah, there, he doesn't know if it'll be offsite again, but it'll be a checkpoint. You'll get your thing. That'll cover you for the weekend. And then All we're right. going to have the extra space as much as we can. And I'm like, hey, let's, let's go. You know, other than that, you just got to throw in the beer and pizza that I'm going to enjoy, and I'm happy. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll be hanging out with Mike Norton most week, most of the weekend, so I'm sure there'll be plenty of both. That's awesome. Beer and pizza. <laughs> yeah, Kevin and I have never done uh, C2E2 before, so no. we're excited about doing that. That's going to be a good mm-hmm. time. I will say the idea of Chicago in December makes me tear up a little bit, and I live in Cincinnati, and it's cold. We had frost yesterday right. on the ground. But like Chicago is a whole different level of cold. It's that Stoke. wind off the 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 lake. I'm not I I'm not feeling that, son. We are having <laughs> our our first bit of like cool weather, and it's sixty degrees. <laughs> um, it Where was are like, you? It, I'm in. I'm just north of New Orleans. So okay. as far as the south is concerned, I'm really about as far south as you can go <laughs> before. Like I'm an hour away from the Gulf. Um, okay. So it's a quick drive. Um, so yeah, I, I, when we when I went last time, it was I want to say early March or late March, and I have friends who live there, and they told told me about like third winter or whatever they call it, where it's okay. like, well, you know, you get it, it's cold, and then it warms up a little bit sometimes, and then it gets cold again, and then you go into spring, and you think spring started, and then they always get that one little last bit of winter when it comes back and it's cold, <laughs> and it had done that a bit. Like I, I brought a jacket, thankfully, I didn't bring gloves because I don't own any, so I didn't know better. <laughs> um, but like I, I left New Orleans, and it was March, and it was probably like in the 70s and i landed and it was in like the low 40s like Like, feeling the gangway like as soon as i got off the plane i was like oh yeah we're pulling that jacket out and we're getting ready um and i get why it's the windy city because you are like it's not windy here and then you turn a corner where the buildings are in the way and it's like (laughs) well because i love it it comes off the lake and then gets caught in the buildings crazy it's nuts (laughs) <laughs> so I uh, I love it though. I mean, I, I really enjoyed like I, I I like cold weather, so it, it's not too bad. Although again, I, I haven't done December, so I'm gonna try my best to be at like I'm buying gloves this time, so I'm there gonna try go. my best mm-hmm. to be as prepared. Um, but like I'm, I'm you know I'm I like cities. Uh, I'm in that point in my life where I think I've settled into the fact that like living in the suburbs, more rural suburbs, with my in-laws three streets over, and every school my kid could go to even up to high school within a mile and most yeah. of those schools within really quick walking distance from my house. It's kind of like, and it's cheap. Like let's stay, you know, here around family. And I get like my wanderlust for wanting to live in bigger cities out by doing the shows and travel. Yeah, that makes mm-hmm. sense. You know? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Cause I, I was always a guy that I was like, knowing that I wanted to do comics was like, it would be great to get to just like every few years move to a different state and live in a different place. But then the reality of that with kids, is just, it's, it's you know and it's bad difficult. on them too and all that yeah right so, so. Uh, now that i know how awesome it is to have my in-laws that i like three streets away it's like uh, you know <laughs> why why leave and then again you know we we work in a global market really um uh, but we'll just say a national market so like my page rate is my page rate no matter where i am yeah um and those dollars speak a little bit louder in louisiana than they would if I was in Chicago, Makes you know, sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. the same yeah. amount of money that we pay to rent a house here would in Chicago, get me like a room. You're not wrong. Yeah. yeah. You're not wrong at all. So, you know, and that would let me not have a day job and get to do this part-time. So it's kind of like, 
you know, the give and take of it all. That's awesome. And Louisiana is really hard to get away from, apparently. I've always heard is that like, I don't know, something about it. It's just impossible to ever actually permanently leave. <laughs> it's just really humid from what I remember. Oh, definitely. Very, very, very humid. Uh, that's always the fun thing, too, about traveling to a new place and people are like, oh, my God, it's so humid. And we're like, I don't know. And, and like Charlotte, the, you know, for heroes. I'm like, yeah, it's <laughs> humid. But I mean, like, it's like 10 percent less humid than it was where I just was so it's like whatever like I can do this all day long um and like I, I'd not gotten to experience yet the super drizzly Seattle because when I went to Emerald City apparently it had been a blizzard the week before and that whole weekend when we were in town in 2019 it was just like low 40s mid 40s sunny and just crisp and beautiful that sounds like nice Hair mm-hmm. weekend Seattle was awesome. I'm, I'm excited about getting back to Emerald City eventually, too. Um, but my understanding, I, I don't know if it's been official, officially put out there yet, but are they literally going right back to the old schedule for 2022? I don't know. I don't know. We've tried here and uh, tried finding some information. We haven't been able to get any yet. So I guess okay. you'll know someone when we know, posted right? About, right someone, someone posted something about something, and I was like, Oh, really? Like, and they had basically confirmed like, yo, March 12th or something like that. Like, that's like three and a half months is it, that's a tight turnaround. Yeah. That's a hell um, of a turnaround, but, but their websites don't say anything. So it's hard to like, you know, confirm. Yeah. Especially with this, like, you know, high school gaggle of goofballs that are in this industry. who just kind of like rumor mill, like crazy. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's again, I feel like we haven't spent a lot of time talking about your Kickstarter, but we can, oh, yeah. <laughs> we can, yeah. we can again, before you leave, why don't you tell everybody where to find that thing? And, and, uh, and yeah, uh, it's on Kickstarter. It's called 33. Um, we've gotten like a lot of good shout outs for people and it's been really nice, but we are a little bit lower uh, percentage wise than I was hoping to be, you know, I find that they're always kind of I never get to have the magical experience of like launching a Kickstarter and then like 48 hours later, you're like, Oh, we got everything we needed. That's great. And then it just keeps going. It's always yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah. A, a bit of a slog. So, you know, I'm really hoping we get the goal done. The whole book is drawn. It's all entirely finished. All they're oh, going wow. over is some notes for lettering. Um, and then, you know, this is just really to get it printed basically and get That's it into awesome. hands. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited. Um, I, I would love love for it to get done especially because the two covers i did for it recently are like two of my favorite covers i've ever done and i want to have them like you know on a book in your hands yeah yeah that's really uh, cool. to bring to other shows so yeah we've got that going and i'm doing captain america with brent which i'm super excited about and now also have a creator own thing that i'll hopefully get to talk about really soon oh, which is my yeah. first like solid with the publisher create our own you know hands-on let's make this book together thing that's cool it's with it's with a writer that i like love i don't it's never, it hasn't been talked about yet but i don't know if he would really be mad about it but it's ed brisson so i'm, I'm super nice. excited we've Bruh. been coy like he'll talk about something and i'd be like oh man that would be a lot of fun to get to do uh you know teasing about like we should do a thing together sometime and we're already been doing it for a few months 
That's cool. But, um, <laughs> I'm super excited. It was one of those scenes where Ed was like, "Hey man, you wanna you wanna do something together?" I'm like, "I'll ride your coattails. Let's go. <laughs> you're, you're awesome. Like, yeah, I'll just try my best, and we'll see what happens. That's all and you what, can do. What right? a nice dude, and what a nice dude too, to boot because he is a really nice guy. Yeah, so. but Ed's the kind Tall, of guy. Where, handsome Canadian, just total you could package. be terrible, and he wouldn't even tell you. He'd just be like, "Oh yeah, this is great. Yeah, I love it." And then you're <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> I so one of my favorite convention stories um I won't go into like super detail uh but there was an incident where like someone had to kind of just be given like the straight dope about like hey you know blah 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 uh and it was like an uncomfortable kind of confrontational thing of like not being aggressive just kind of like most of us would just be like we'll just kind of deal with it um and then but it was Adam Gorham who would like just volunteered himself as sacrifice to go up to this person and be like hey we're all having dinner you know we're friends and like you know can you can you leave oh uh, someone who was like kind of hanging on and but once he started ed was in the group and adam couldn't see him and neither could the guy he was talking to i don't think but ed just like went like <laughs> turned around and, and, and melted into the other circle of our friends who were behind us having another conversation and it's still <laughs> to this day one of my favorite like non-confrontational nice guy ed stories of just like no i'm out didn't say anything just immediately <laughs> I, and it's I, as if he was there the whole time i can't think of a nicer person to be told to get the fuck out of here than adam gorham like he's just a generally well, nice dude and 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 he is and and he's like it was so funny too because he had like his sunglasses on so he was like these are these are for uh the blue the blue light but he just he just went hey man listen and it just let him know like <laughs> hey look, we're friends we're trying to have dinner and you know it's just a little weird because we don't know you um and it ended up okay but it was like one of those stories that's just kind of a funny story to tell with people uh, because us in the industry, we kind of get it. And then also like Adam's thing is hilarious. And then Ed's thing is extra hilarious. Cause like, I, no one saw it, but me. And he just like immediately okay. just became a part of the other group as if he was never in this circle. And I just got to watch, you know, Adam very politely let a guy know like, Hey man, it's time to go. Hey, beat it. He told and he totally CSI Miami at him from the sound. Oh, dude, that's exactly that's exactly <laughs> how I describe it. He like oh man. And then we went and had a really good dinner. So, you know, it, it all worked out for the best. Except for that guy who you told to fucking beat it, which is even better. <laughs> well, well, the worst part about that is that he, ate, already, he, he was eating we, cigarette butts in the alleyway by himself crying. <laughs> wonder what he was going to do with the rest of his comics career <laughs> so it was it was in charlotte which i don't know if you guys have been the heroes oh yeah all the time it You've was been... at the it was at the uh what's it called the midnight diner uh which is a mile walk no oh. oh yeah i so know what you're he, talking about it's in the it's in that little mall area so we that tried to be yeah. we had already tried to previously be like all right see you later and we walked and then he's walking with people behind us and like walking with the group and so that's when we're like, oh man, he just walked a mile. Um, oh no. That's why we all me. felt so weird about <laughs> oh, it. He right? just walked a mile. Yeah. So, but he was like, oh yeah, no, no, um, I get it. I was going to, I was totally going to go anyway. Uh, no big deal. Uh, all right. Uh, see you guys at the show tomorrow. And then I don't, I don't know. I guess walked back a mile. Um, he seemed totally fine the next day, but it's just one of those weird stories of like, 
you know, a little bit of awkwardness and then all of us being like super non-confrontational and then having it. And that's what was the funny thing to me is that it had to come down to like Adam. Who's yeah. just another super sweet, like Canadian dude. Yeah. yeah, right. And he's <laughs> and he's and you know, he just he's like a little koala bear just with a big old beard. Um and he just and told the guy what's what and it worked out for the best because I don't know how I would have handled it I, I would have been like I probably would have been like hey man look you know we're all friends and 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 come on and, <laughs> and just like you're, you're fine you know broken down halfway and just let them hang out the entire time nah, son. that's awesome <laughs> well you know the like well, cons I like it, it part of it is great of the floor aspect of it and then the other part of it is like we get to then hang out together and shoot the shit and and uh talk shop and enjoy food that we don't normally get necessarily because we're at another town and that aspect of it to me that's my favorite part uh you know getting to chill with people who i don't get to see yeah what like right. twice a year. but i also think that's another hard part of shows is like if you go to a show and your boys aren't there and i mean boys non-gender but like your crew's not yeah. around it's hard to find a new group of people to go kick it with it's always best to go to a show safety in numbers like oh yeah. you're going to that one cool i'm going to do that one too so you know you have like your we yeah well it's and you have times too where you go and you're like all right well look i know i know 10 people and then they all end up like pairing off with other things that they had to go do yeah and then all of a sudden it's like you and you're like oh shit exactly that's, like, that's who else worst. do i know yeah. who's in town <laughs> yeah yeah, and then yeah. you end up having you end up having like a, an accidental romantic dinner with Jordan Boyd at a surprisingly nice restaurant that you didn't realize was quite <laughs> as nice as it was, and you're like in a small table, just the two of you, and they're pouring like those bottles of water that they keep on the table, like into your glasses. <laughs> yeah, fancy bottle, yeah. Like now I can drink yeah. tap water, bro. And I got yeah, it. I got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that happened in Seattle, and Jordan and I were like, "This is really romantic, isn't it?" Like I didn't, <laughs> we didn't. We just came in here for like a burger and some fries and and a great burger and great fries, but it was really like surprisingly sweet of a moment they were building uh, your comic book love yeah yeah man which jordan <laughs> is another one of those guys i came in through with those dallas guys and they were at the time called uh the dallas nice boys <laughs> it was uh, uh ken lowry uh robert wilson the fourth who is just like a monster sweet on sweet on sweet yeah. um also super tall and handsome um and and you know andy hirsch and uh and Jordan. And so I came in with those guys. So that it was, you know, once, once everybody else had kind of paired off, I was like, Oh Lord. And, and Jordan's like, let's go, man. And, and he kind of like rescued me. Cause I was like about to do like room service in the hotel room by myself or something weird. And like, we're like, you know, it, it just, you run the risk of like, like you said, being kind of stranded and it being like real awful feeling yeah. to be like, Hey, I know 40 people who are here right now, but I'm like, the kid who didn't get picked for dodgeball <laughs> you know that's, that's a good way to approximate it yeah that's, that's, that's exactly it what it feels like. like but uh thankfully now it's like you know safety in numbers again you, you have enough friends and eventually like okay well this group of three people's got room so i'm cool here you know yeah. all the other guys had to go do their own thing because yeah. like i don't know if you know kyle starks but he's got a really hard and fast like if it's more than six people i'm not going because he's like it's just it's too many you can't talk to anybody, but like one person anyway, it just makes getting a table hard to do. It's takes the, the whole experience 
too far for him. And he's like, I've got diabetes. I'm hungry. I want to get in. I want to eat. I want to hang out. <laughs> so he's like, if it's over six people, I'm out of here. Yeah. I'm not going. That's really he's funny. like, I'll go. He's like, I'll go to uh was he a pot bellies to get a sandwich. I'm done. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I love man. It's it's the dinners and like the the drinking local beer and like getting to have food that you don't get to have necessarily. Like we have great food in Louisiana, but like I'm not getting Chilean food here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or like really good Korean barbecue. And so you know when I was in New York, I threw down and it was awesome. <laughs> so when I'm in Chicago, I'm expecting to you know have the dish of pizza up, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Mike, Mike was a big proponent of Pequod's, which is like the pan pizzas. And man, like it's like a biscuit dough, which it was just okay. But I really understood like why it's so good. And it's just one of those things where, you know, you go to the right place that has like really, really just high quality ingredients. And it's like the sauce is really good. The sausage is like freaking out of sight. The pepperoni is yeah. awesome. And you're like, ah, okay. I get the cheese is good. Like that's what makes this pizza like exceptional. They're not necessarily like, tossing it a special way or doing something like that they just like they get like the right combination of really good shit onto the pizza and you're like do it yeah it's awesome all right so yeah well there you go dude that's that's about everything the kickstarter is live now uh it's 33 you go to kickstarter.com search the 33 and you can back that book gavin it's been a real pleasure having you on man really appreciate it it's been an honor boys an honor thank you listen to that That was Gavin Gidry. His Kickstarter 33 is live right now. Get over to kickstarter.com and check that out. Kevin, Bob, it's always a pleasure, my friend. It's always a good time with you. We've we've ever had a bad time when we hang out together. No, man, because we're the best. All right, so you guys, uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast, thewordbros.com.